0: You're listening to Tech Bites, a quick hit podcast that explores new and compelling ideas in tech in about 15 minutes. Our topic today is performance problems with software as a service applications and how to address them. Riverbed is sponsoring today's episode and our guests are Marco Di Benedetto, he is SVP and CTO, and Paul Griffiths, Senior Director from the Office of the CTO. Marco and Paul, welcome to the podcast. Let's dive right into it. What makes SaaS apps such as Office 365 susceptible to performance problems?
1: Well, um, you used to own everything as uh, as part of your application a long time ago, right? You used to have uh, the, the client, the network, the server, and uh, now instead uh, you're barely owning the end device sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you own a piece of the network, but sometimes the end device is all you get uh, because you're working with a SaaS, the SaaS is interacting with a network uh, that is the that starts from the server side not being yours, and then it becomes yours either at the, at the branch side. Sometimes it can be backhauling to data centers. Um, the worst case, uh, the network ends up into the uh, end user device directly when they're on the road, um, and you don't have any control over most of it, right? So you were able to make your application work perfectly smoothly. You, that's why you were, they were paying you the big bucks. And nowadays you have very limited control over all the pieces that are in that, uh, in, in that puzzle. So you need to make sure that you get, uh, you, you, tr- you try to optimize what you can control. So, but wasn't,
0: isn't one of the benefits of software as a service supposed to be that I'm not supposed to have to worry about things like performance anymore?
1: Uh, it's it, well, it is, but as I said, right it's 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 about a number of components. Uh, you don't have to worry about the performance of the server, the service, right? because you're not it's not installed on Prem, it's not yours. You don't have to learn all of the details on how to tune uh, your your application. But then uh, the life of the applications is not only within the server. life of the application goes all the way to the client. And, and that's where things get, uh, get a bit complicated, right? The application is going to perform probably better than the way that it was performing when it was installed on-prem because you have the real experts uh, tuning it and keeping it uh, up and yeah. running. <laughs> now, <laughs>
2: it's, funny. it's funny now that Microsoft has to run the service and deliver an SLA. The service actually runs a bit better than it ever did on-premise. <laughs> funny how that is. I think the other thing that we didn't sort of mention here is that people are on remote and mobile more and more, and you don't know what sort of bandwidth they're on, and you don't know what sort of networks they're on, and you get a support call saying, oh, Office 365 is slow today, but they just happen to have poor quality broadband from a remote office somewhere. Whereas in the old days, they were in a branch, and the branch had this guaranteed bandwidth, and everybody, you know, it's it's everything's very different in when it's on the public WAN, and that's a shared network, isn't it?
3: And I, yeah. and I think that's a really key point there, because, as Marco was saying, in the days of SaaS, as we now have, you have really no idea of what sort of network infrastructure you're connecting over uh, especially for for pretty much everybody these days is doing some form of work for their employer uh <laughs> in or out hours? <laughs> yeah, in or a, in a, in a out of hours. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, I think the consultants but, but call it workday extension. Workday extension, extension, they call it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Twenty-four yeah. by sixty five. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. You know, that's the always-on type of of uh, activity for all of us uh, in these day and age. But also, that's the same as for the application as well. We we've, we've become so used to, you know, like you pick up the telephone to make yep. a phone call, and you hear that that dial tone. And the same thing is true for all of us that we we connect to an application server and we expect the server to respond. We don't mm. think about the fact that we're connecting via Wi-Fi from some coffee shop or or we're we're connecting over satellite yeah. from from some um, uh, you know mine or exploration.
1: Yeah. No, Paul. Uh, I think uh, one thing that uh, that is that is happening to me this week is uh, Riverbed IT is installing. The SAS acceleration uh, capabilities that we offer to our customers. On my laptop, unfortunately, for some reason, I didn't have it, and uh, I think they got uh, a bit weary of me watching too many movies on the plane. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> able to get anything done. I mean, I think I think I started to think that the airplanes should offer. I mean, they're offering Wi-Fi, but they should offer a section of the plane frustration with network, and then you can smash your laptop there because I don't have enough room in the middle seat to smash my laptop.
2: <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? You're, you're sitting in an aluminum tube at 30,000 feet at, you know, doing, you know, 340 knots, and you're whining about the Wi-Fi. What I want to move to, though, is that Riverbed's got technologies that actually improve the performance of these applications, even over networks I don't own or don't control. So tell me how that works.
3: Yeah, so that's, that's a really good question. So, there are three key things that we do. One is to reduce the amount of data being transferred between the client and the server for that application. The second thing is to actually accelerate the TCP conversation between the client and the server. And finally, yeah. and perhaps most importantly, uh, and pretty unique to us, is that SAS Accelerator reduces the number of application round trips. We actually understand how the client would normally interact with the application.
2: Okay, now this sounds a bit WAN acceleratory to me. Now I've done WAN Accelerators on and off over the years and done a lot of work with them. This sounds like you've taken Riverbed's WAN Acceleration technology and you've brought it to the mobile client or the to the branch?
3: You are absolutely right. Yeah, it, it is both of those. So the, the really cool thing about this is for existing customers, they can use their investments in, in their Riverbed uh, branch uh, mm-hmm. WAN op devices, and take advantage of SAS accelerator. But as you say, we've, we've built on the capabilities of the traditional one-op environment and actually brought that to not only to SAS, but also for the mobile users themselves. So Marco is getting really excited because he's gonna be having that benefit on his own laptop. It's something <laughs> I've become used to because so ha- I've, I've had this for, for ages. So
2: let's very quickly, I just wanna hit these really quickly because we've got short time today. Um, compression in three sentences. What, how does the compression work?
3: Compression works uh, pretty simply by just recognizing patterns of data. So right. we're not talking about emails or documents or spreadsheets or, or things like that. It looks at patterns of data. And when it's seen a pattern of data once, it never sent it a second time. Hmm. Think about a company logo. Right. Uh, so this works with Office 365 because normally when I'm doing sort of like SSL encrypted data to O3,
2: you know, to SSL SAS service, I would not normally get a whole lot of patterns. You're still getting something out of that or am I got the wrong, wrong, wrong end of that stick?
3: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, encrypted data is different every single time, mm. uh, regardless of if you send it, uh, if, if it's the same data. But what we're doing is actually uh, decrypting that data uh, in inside the actual device to be mm-hmm. able to do that data reduction and then re-encrypt it. And that's really important to understand. We continue to maintain, uh, with SAS Accelerator, the end-to-end encryption right the way from the client all the way across to the server.
2: Okay, so you do a TCP interception, which is on the client, so there's an agent on the client, and that allows mm-hmm. you to apply the WAN acceleration. Yep. Acceleration of TCP conversation,
3: How's that work? Well, TCP is a pretty standard sort of transport protocol. And and really what we're doing there is understanding that we know how TCP works as a protocol. It's a very predictive uh, transport mechanism. And what we're doing is taking advantage of that because Mm -hmm. we own the connection between the end device and uh, the device at the other end by the SaaS application. Uh, We can actually control how TCP behaves. Does that mean you can make it less chatty and more efficient? Exactly.
1: I want to add here that uh, uh, the reason why this is this is something that cannot be done by the application itself is because this control of the network requires a symmetric solution, requires uh, uh, some uh, some form of interception on both sides, uh, okay. close to the client and close to the server. And so the application itself has no fault. It's probably, the problem is within the network, you need to have the ability to do that. Uh, and that can only be controlled if you have some element on the on the client side as well.
3: Finally, and perhaps most importantly, is the fact that the SaaS accelerator understands how the client and server uh, interact from an application point of view. So we okay. reduce the number of round trips.
2: So this is called like a machine learning type of thing. You know the patterns, you see what it is, and you can accelerate it because you know how to you do that sort of research and, and it, bring it some goes, magic.
3: Yeah, you're almost there with that. Yeah, And, and it's probably too much for, for the time we have today, but it's a really <laughs> okay. interesting uh, topic to dive into even deeper detail. Uh, but I mean, yeah, we you, spent you, many years understanding how the app. I'm fairly
2: work. sure that if you could uh, you could contact Riverbed and they'll bring an SE who will absolutely <laughs> bloviate for hours and tell you all about it. Oh, we yes. haven't got that time today. <laughs> so
0: let's talk about visibility because that's also important for network engineers and operators. Uh, do I get any kind of visibility when uh, Riverbed's providing this uh, TCP acceleration and, uh, and compression for me?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Visibility is key because as we were saying earlier on, the fact that we don't own a large proportion of the network infrastructure between the client and the server, who knows what's going on, but we want to be able to track who is doing what with what uh, and as much as possible over what path they're using it. So visibility is really key there. And we can mm-hmm. get metrics uh, out of the uh, the end uh, devices to actually understand uh, who is using the application uh, and how how that is actually behaving for them so there's a number of of important visibility metrics
2: there's a couple of that. things there one is you must have an agent on the endpoint yep. and that automatically means i know the device i've got the user's login details potentially so you're actually tell, so when that user rings the help desk i can go oh yes i can see you've got an application performance problem yeah you shouldn't be doing it on a plane shut up and go away and then yep. the second thing is you must also be having another WAN acceleration appliance at the other end of the sas right so you mm-hmm. would actually install an acceleration engine in the Office 365 or in Azure so that you can do this acceleration in front of Office. Is that right?
3: That's right. Yeah. I, it's, it's a so symmetric that, solution at end to end. Yeah. So we right. get the so metrics from both ends.
2: Now, that's a deployment detail. And if you want more information, you know, talk to Riverbed. But it's important then because you're actually seeing aggregate information as well as client information. That's a change from where we used to be when we just did it as network devices. We're actually seeing endpoints now.
3: Yeah, and it also means you can be a lot more proactive than perhaps you were in the past because you can then spot uh, not only anomalies in, in behavior, uh, which is an interesting security point, but equally, you can see trends moving forward uh, hmm. as to how uh, how the application is behaving good or bad, how the users are interacting. Uh, I love the really meantime time with... to
2: innocence here. I'm really into this. Oh, yeah. yes, Marco, you shouldn't be accessing Office 365 off a of plane and have high expectations.
0: Or streaming Netflix exactly. in the background while you're trying
1: to get your work done. And Netflix doesn't work on the plane. <laughs> yeah, and I can see <laughs> that too, can't I? I can actually see
2: you're streaming Netflix.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but that's that, that's very important, right? At the end of the day, uh, you, you're going to want to troubleshoot uh, your uh, your performance problems. And even if you don't have control over the resolution of the problem, at least identify the, the, where, where the fault is, uh, can can... Isolate the problem and put you in the right in the right perspective. Right, you don't want to call your SaaS provider and say there's a problem, and then discover that it was your user that was working from a plane. Right.
2: What about forecasting? Is there a tools for helping me predict? I need more internet bandwidth here or there, or you know, maybe I need to upgrade users bandwidth somehow. Is it those tools for that? There.
3: Yeah. Again, the that's really cool about the the visibility and the metrics. There is that. As I say, we can actually track the trends of of data usage, how much data is being pushed up and down the network, uh, and that on the understanding of do we understand how much bandwidth we have at either end? We can then, again, plan ahead and maybe subscribe with more bandwidth if that's what we need. But hopefully, I could uh, say that if SAS Accelerator is doing its job, then we should be taking data off of the network mm. uh, and, mm. and hopefully allowing customers to uh, save some money on their bandwidth costs. Is there any way to do any kind of policy
0: enforcement where I want to make sure particular classes of applications get priority over you know, less important or non-business apps?
3: Yeah, sure. So uh, the the Riverbed devices do have that ability to provide quality of service, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners will understand Mm -hmm. uh, the general principles of that. Uh, And again, that's the cool thing about the Riverbed devices. They sit in what I would describe as a privileged part of the network, seeing all that traffic. Uh, And so even if there's particular applications that are not being optimized, like voice, for example, you can't make a voice conversation go faster as much as you would like to, perhaps in some cases. <laughs> but what you yeah. can do is is control how much bandwidth it has available to it uh, and maybe help that out by reducing bandwidth.
2: Yeah, on- slowing down the Netflix, but letting the voice go through.
3: There you go. Uh, you know,
2: yeah. the, the time-tested and true method. <laughs> um, if we're talking about SD-WAN, and SD-WAN is the same idea, except instead of endpoint to device, we're talking about device to device, and there's a, a network behind it. What about branches getting directly to the internet to get acceleration or branch breakout?
3: Absolutely. SaaS Accelerator loves those sorts of environments. Uh, and it, it's designed to work with, with whatever network infrastructure you have there, whether it's uh, implemented and, and orchestrated via SD-WAN, uh, whether you're breaking out directly to internet, uh, whether you're inter- interfacing with something like Azure Express route, which some Office 365 uh, users might take advantage of as well. Uh, hmm. Satellite communications, pretty much anything you like.
2: What about a CASB? So it's very popular at the moment to use cloud-based services to do the security standards because you don't want to have to install, you know, a proxy and a firewall and a threat detection and a malware engine at the branch. It's a lot easier to use
3: a cloud service. It, it can be, and in those sorts of situations, really the important thing to ask yourself as a as a consumer of a CASB or or other type of data loss prevention tool or service, is what are you actually using that service for? Uh, As I say, SaaS Accelerator maintains end-to-end encryption. So there shouldn't really be any concerns over uh, exfiltration of data during the network transmission. Uh, And in terms of of data loss prevention, uh, organizations should really be looking at at Mm. where they're actually applying that mechanism. Uh, And in some cases, it it could be cloud-hosted. Uh, mm-hmm. But it could be cloud orchestrated and hosted on the end device. There's a lot of plugins available today that uh, help out with that type of process.
2: On the yeah, end. I mean, one of the big things about SD-WAN in this sense, and this is what we're, we're sort of shifting topics a little bit to there away from the endpoint, is that having that central controller doing the configuration really means you have the same configuration everywhere. And that includes endpoints, as well as branches, as well as headend. And the configuration gets a whole lot more consistent. You actually get a consistent security policy. I remember chatting to someone a couple of months back about their SD-WAN and how all of a sudden they said, for the first time ever, we've got a consistent security policy globally because they were rolling out sd He said, first time ever, I'm sure that my firewalls are actually configured with the same rules. And he was talking about his SD-WAN as a firewall type thing.
3: Yeah. Business-centric policies rather than application or end user-centric or, or uh, centric policies, so a Policies at the business level mean it's so much more flexible. It doesn't matter where your users and your applications yeah, yeah. are anymore.
2: Yeah, we did a demo with Riverbed recently, and basically there's a rule that says permit Office 365, and you're done. And you don't need to know the IP addresses or the SSL certificate or you know, whatever it is. It's, you, Riverbed provides all that for me, and that really changes the, way, the operational profile of all of this in that sense.
3: Yep, and you don't care which network it goes uh, across or anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. SD WAN will just say, "Yep, I'll I'll choose direct internet access today." Oh, wait a minute, the service provider's just um, disconnected me or has mm-hmm. some of the connection on the on the street outside. I'll I'll use the MPLS for another circuit, and SaaS accelerator continues to give you that accelerated, mm-hmm. consistent performance.
2: So, really, what we've talked about today is application acceleration combined with the visibility combined with the ability to run it over any network and the idea that you can actually run your acceleration tools into publicly cloud-hosted environments, and which is something that I haven't heard about before. Yep, absolutely fantastic. Wonderful product.
3: Uh, Marco's <laughs> looking forward to it, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait to use it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that I, I wasn't,
1: yeah. I wasn't yeah. selected for it. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if folks want to find out more about Riverbed products, particularly SAS Accelerator and others, where would you
1: direct them? You can visit our acceleration website at riverbed.com slash accelerate, or you can read our blogs um, for latest updates at riverbed.com slash blogs.
0: Fantastic. And we'll have those links in the show notes that accompany this podcast. Thank you, Paul and Marco, for joining us. Thanks to Riverbed for being a sponsor. And thank you for being a listener. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packapushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at PacketPushers, Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.